the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. This is your hour when Orlando Magic's Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome, folks, once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We do our show every weekend right here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. Uh, Alan Dempsey does our engineering beautifully. And Andrew Hertliska is the producer. Without those two, well, we'd never get on the air. Uh, Tom Doyle joins me from Dallas, uh, Vice President and Middle East Central Asia Director for E3 Partners. Uh, His book is called Standing in the Fire. Tom, great to talk to you, and I'm so glad you can join me. How are you? Oh, good to be here. Thank you so much, Pat. Christians continue to be the most persecuted group across the globe in 2016, according to a study. Uh, Is that what your book is about, Tom? You know, it is. And what really shocked me, Pat, was that some of the new believers that are being persecuted are former Muslims that have come to faith in Christ that are not leaving their country. You'd think they'd leave, but they're staying, and uh, Jesus is there with them standing in the fire. So these are true stories of people we know. Your book opens with a chapter called The Syrian Firing Squad. Uh, What's that about? Well, this is about Osama al-Jihadi, who was a major leader in Jabhat al-Nusra. So in Syria... We have the Islamic State. Most people think the next group that was in line once they go down and, and they are being defeated is Jabhat al-Nusra, and this is a Sunni Muslim front against the government. Osama was the major leader and almost was killed by a rocket uh, one day, but he didn't know this. His own cousin, coming from the same Sunni Muslim background, had privately become a believer. And as Osama was in this coma in in a hospital in Syria, his his cousin was privately, when nobody was in there looking, reading him the scriptures, Pat, just pouring over them, reading them, feeling bad that he'd never shared Jesus with him, but he did, and read through them. At the end, when Osama pulls out of the coma, he tells his cousin, Jamal, those are the most beautiful words I've ever heard. Mm. Where did you get them? And, of course, Jamal didn't know that he would actually be able to perceive that, but he was fully cognizant, able to take in those words. Well, it was just a matter of time as God used the Word to just penetrate his heart. And so this major leader in this terrorist group in Syria becomes a believer. They caught him, the terrorist group. He stopped showing up for meetings, and they tortured him for about a month and put him in front of a firing squad. And they gave him chances to just recant. He wouldn't do it. So here's this former Muslim, now loves Jesus, he's being faced with, come back to Islam or die, and he chooses death. And I don't want to spoil the end of the story, but miraculously, miraculously, the Lord intervenes, and he lives, Pat. And he is still in Syria today, spreading the gospel. It's a miracle that he's alive. He should be dead. He should be. But God's using his life. Amazing story. Uh, Tom, then you move to this topic. Uh, there's no place like HOMS? Yeah, and that's Holmes. And Holmes is a, a major city in Syria. It's north. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Aleppo, there's Holmes, mm-hmm. Damascus. And and Holmes, uh, you know, someone did a drone flyover recently, and, and the city of Holmes looks like Berlin, Germany, or Dresden, Germany after World War II, it's about 80 to 90 percent just flattened just because of the six-year war. Well, Farid is uh, a young leader that goes all cities, 
as many villages as he can get to, and he is from home. But there's a man there named Rashid Abbas that absolutely hates him because he knows Fareed is leading people away from the faith into Christianity. He's just sharing the love of Jesus. Uh, any kind of love, Pat, in Syria in the midst of the war is, is like a spotlight on it. People see it and can't believe it. No one, they don't want to be taken advantage of. They don't want to kidnap kids. He just spreads the love of Christ and serves people. But Rashid hated Fareed so much that he gave him death threats for five years. In fact, he even took the, the liberty to spray paint 30 death threats on the front of Fareed's apartment and numbered them. This is how I'm going to kill you. Number two, this is what I'm going to do to your wife. Number three, this is what we'll do to your family. But it ended up that Fareed miraculously decided to visit the man that had been threatening to kill him for five years. He just decided to go to his house. That doesn't make sense to us in the West. But in the Middle East, Pat, if someone knocks on your door, if I come and knock on your door, even if your family's had a better feud with mine, it's a part of the Arab culture. You have to let me in. You have to. You, you would be disgraced in the community if you did not let me in. It doesn't matter that we have differing viewpoints on anything. Well, Rashid lets Fareed in, and he has a conversation with why you threatening me and that, and it ends up that Fareed says, I have a gift for your family, and he leaves a copy of the Bible with him. Mm. And he doesn't know what to do with this. Rashid, the, the Alawite, does, he doesn't know what to do. That's his religion. He's certainly not interested in Christianity. He takes the Bible with two fingers like it's radioactive material and just sets it on a counter. Well, it ends up the war keeps going, and it's bad. And one night he picks up a Quran to read it. Rashid does no comfort there. And at 7 p.m., he picked up the Bible and started to read the New Testament. And the next time he looked at the clock, it was 6 a.m. in the morning. He had read the Bible all through the night. He was falling in love with Jesus. And the amazing thing is he called Fareed. Fareed, the man that had been threatening him for five years, he actually led him to faith in Jesus. He's still there at home following Jesus. And the man that wrote all these threatening notes and spray-painted on his apartment, he leads, He writes worship songs now mm. for the underground church in Syria. And uh, God's using his gift for writing in a different way. But um, uh, amazingly, he's still there, standing in the fire, and God's protected him. Tom, uh, let me ask this. I've got to do it. Uh, is Christian persecution coming to the U.S.? It is, and you know what, Pat, it's in a sense already here. We do have some court cases where former Muslims that became believers in Christ have been killed by their own family. There's a few court cases around the country, so that's just the beginning. We see the marginalization. We see the accusations, and I think we see in Scripture, too, it's pretty clear that first there's accusation, then there's persecution. You know, so many things are being hung on Christians. We're the problem. If it wasn't for us, everybody could get along. That's that's the issue. So the continual accusation, this is how it started in the Middle East. There's a small minority of Christians, but for decades, things were hung on them. They're accused of doing things. And then when a war breaks out or there's a crisis, it just seems to just burst into flames, and Christians pay a price. I mean, there's a rule of thumb in the Middle East. No matter what goes down, the Christians and Israel pay a price. That's fascinating. And and, and then uh, the the next question should be: uh, How should American Christians respond to the global persecution of Christians? Well, you know what we we have to. I think we have to stop getting our our worldview from just the news. You know, it's so easy to just take everything off the news as, as kind of gospel, but that's, they're reporting on the physical war on the ground. That's just a, a reflection of the spiritual war that's raging in the heavenlies. We know what this is about. Christians are going to be persecuted. Israel's going to be surrounded. The Lord's going to return sometime. But we need to be with our brothers and sisters as they're in this persecution. But here's the amazing thing. 
This is an amazing thing, Pat. Persecution does not stop the church. It, it doesn't. It accelerates the growth. Wherever you see over 2,000 years, a harvest of souls, people coming to faith in Christ, you know what you see right alongside it? Persecution. My guest is Tom Doyle. He's with us from Dallas. Uh, We're talking about his book, Standing in the Fire. We've got more with Tom Doyle. First, however, these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. This is 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. And remember, faith comes by hearing. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Two little tablets is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area risk-free plus free shipping. Call 800-347-6435. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. John Laura. As a dermatologist, I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that calls now gets a 90-day risk-free supply plus free shipping. Call now, 800-347-6435. 800-347-6435. That's 800-347-6435. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 530 on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Hi, this is Kevin Sorbo, your host of the Breathe Bible Audio Theater. Journey with me through the New Testament in weekly 30-minute episodes. This series features the Breathe Audio Bible, a dramatized audio New Testament voiced by award-winning Hollywood celebrities. Don't miss the Breathe Bible Audio Theater, Sunday morning at 11 on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Tom Doyle is with us. His book is called Standing in the Fire. Uh, the third chapter, Tom, is called Married to an I'm. I-M-A-M. I-M-A-M. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that story about? What's happening? Well, this is, this is a young woman that named Noor that actually lives in Syria, and she's married to an imam. But, but this Muslim imam is, is just evil to his wife, just beats her. Uh, his, his hobby horse that he rides, uh, on, at the mosque every Friday is this, that if anyone in his mosque left Islam and converted to Christianity, they need to be killed immediately, immediately. In fact, he would boast on Fridays, if my own mother converted to Christianity, she would be dead that day. Of course, he's talking about what we're seeing in so many of the Middle East countries where there is People that are leaving Islam, they're tired of the war, they're tired of what they're seeing, and they don't believe they're religious leaders. Well, he doesn't know this, but his wife, Noor, is actually having experiences with Jesus. She's having some dreams. She has some friends that are believers, and she's processing these things, and it ends up as the war gets so bad, they, they have to flee from Syria. And there's a stretch of highway that goes from north to south, that they have to drive on, and it's, it's called in Syria the highway to hell. In, in 10 miles, there's 20 checkpoints. And the government checkpoints, the government leaders there can be, uh, the military can be slaughtered, and the Islamic State takes over another terrorist group. So it's just all, all, always unstable. People die 
in that stretch just about every day. And they have to go that way and then go to Lebanon to get away. Well, they don't have any place to go except Noor's family owns a home there and they let them stay there. And so her husband goes from this high-powered imam in Syria to he's just another refugee in Lebanon. He's just another number. But living in this house with his wife that he does not own. So the problem is he can't call the shots. And it ends up that Noor comes to faith in Jesus miraculously. And when he found that out, even though he couldn't touch her in the home, he promised. He said, if you ever are baptized, that's it. I will find a way to kill you. And it ends up at the end of the chapter, there's about 25 former Sunni Muslims from Syria in a church, locked doors, curtains pulled, and they're being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They've come to faith in Christ. Well, this group of new believers, Pat, know that Nora's been threatened. If she follows through on this, he, he promises, I will kill you. I don't care that I'm living in your parents' house. I will kill you. And so they begin the baptism service, and Nora's not there. But each of them are sharing testimonies. And I was privileged to be there and, and watch this baptism service. And you know, a side door opens in the middle of the baptism, and there walks Nora. And people just burst into applause because she was willing to give up everything. She had received the Lord Jesus, but she was willing to follow through in baptism because that's what Jesus said to do in the Bible, believe and be baptized. And she did that. There's the amazing thing. She's still alive. Mm. He hasn't killed her. She is still alive. These are people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this fiery furnace. There's no way they survive unless Jesus is there with them. And her husband hasn't killed her. her. Her children have come to faith in Christ. He stays on one side of the house. She's on the other. They pray for him every day. And she said recently when we visited with her, I see him coming up and listening to us as we pray for him. I think he likes the prayers we're praying for him. Mm. So we're praying for the meal in Lebanon. One that wanted to kill anyone that left Islam and become a believer. The Lord's tugging on his heart. The Lord's tugging on his heart. Tom Doyle is in Dallas, Texas. He's the vice president and Middle East Central Asia director for E3 Partners, his book, Standing in the Fire. Tom, tell us about the Muslim woman at the well. Oh, my gosh. This is one of the most sweetest young ladies you could ever meet, Pat. Her name is Sunni, and uh, we call her the Muslim woman at the well because she had actually four husbands before she came to faith in Christ. Mm. And it's just it's just hard to believe that this could even happen. But when you live in a society where the parents arrange the marriages, many of these young ladies they just have no say in it whatsoever. So it's not uncommon whatsoever for a sweet little twenty year old woman to be married off to someone that's sixty years old that she can't even stand to, to look at, but it, it doesn't matter. The parents set it up, and so it ends up that her first her first husband um, wants to divorce her because she is there, and she cannot bear children, and so he's just awful to her. The next husband and her parents arrange this again. Her husband beats her routinely, just over and over, for, for no reason. There's something wrong with the dinner. She doesn't greet him right at the door. He beats her, and this becomes a daily occurrence. She has to leave. The next husband, shockingly, is a businessman, and she doesn't really know where he makes his money, but he's very wealthy and um, is um, bringing in lots of money. She doesn't know it, but her husband is a sex trafficker, and it ends up that he tries to prostitute his own wife with someone that's interested in her, and so she has to leave him. Then her parents marry her off again, and it's a man that has another wife, and he expects her to be uh, a slave to the first wife. And so it's it's just sick. It's the it's the most dysfunctional kind of marriage you can ever imagine. She says to her friend um, that she's close to marrying. Why is it that the happiest days of my life are when I get divorced? 
Or why is it that that's just something's wrong with me? It ends up that God leads her into some uh, relationships with some believers. She starts studying the Bible. She comes to faith in Jesus. And I, I wish you could just see her. The smile on her face is just radiant. And when she came to faith in Christ, she changed her name from Sunni to the word Salam. Sunni is related to Islam. It's a branch of Islam. She changed her name to Salam, which means peace. She totally has peace in her heart. And she says, you know, the Lord wills for me to have a husband, that's fine. But now I have the best husband in the world. Jesus is my husband. He takes care of me. Mm. He's my everything. Isn't that amazing? That's a beautiful story, Tom. How about just the usual Damascus death threat? Yes, Kareem and Elisa are two Syrians that live in Damascus, but they actually move to the southwest corner of Syria. So there's a mountain in southwest Syria that, that continues into Israel and to Lebanon. It's, it's Mount Hermon that's shared by those three countries. And in that area in Syria is a, um, a group called the Druze. The Druze are a split-off group, Pat, from Islam. It happened centuries ago. They're a little bit Islamic. They're kind of syncretistic, a little bit of everything in their religion. But they're an unreached group, meaning that as far as anyone knew in Syria, they didn't know any Druze that had become followers of Jesus, that had truly become born-again believers. So Kareem and his wife decide to move there because they feel the call of God and, and they go. And it ends up that after almost two years, they have seen nothing happen. Nobody interested, nobody even wanting to get into a conversation about Jesus. This is a tightly closed, under lock and key religion. Nobody wants to hear it until one day a man shows up at the door and he knocks on the door. And uh, Kareem answers, and he's Druze. He is the typical Druze kind of outfit on the cap and the baggy pants, and he says, our little daughter, Jamila, is sick, and she's got cancer, and the doctor said they can't do anything else. And I've heard that the Christian God, Jesus sometimes heals people. Is that true? Well, Kareem has read about it, obviously, in the Bible. He's heard about it, but he's never seen Jesus heal anyone. He's never seen anything like that happen. But here's this man, Despot and he takes him to their 12-year-old girl, and Kareem prays, lays his hands on her, nothing happens at all, nothing happens. But then, and he feels horrible about that, he's a failure, did I not have enough faith? But a week later, the family takes little Jamila to Damascus for her checkup, and they keep her over, they're running tests on her, and they're puzzled, and the doctors finally come and visit with the parents, and they say, we've run every test we can, we don't know what's happened here. Your daughter was going to die this year, but there's no cancer. We don't know where it went, but it's, we can't find any of it. Mm. So you can imagine, that starts a chain reaction. The next day, there's a knock on the door again, and, and Kareem opens the door, and he isn't heard, by the way, that little Jamela is, is well. And he opens the door, and there are 50 Jews people there waiting for prayer, uh, people with cancer, with, with um, heart disease, someone in a wheelchair, and this is the most humble man you would ever meet, Pat, and he, he just starts praying, Lord, do this, please do this, and God starts to move. He keeps a little spiral notebook and records the prayers and the miracles that God answers, and the last time I looked at that book, there was over 90 answered prayers, miracles of people that God touched. And, and these are big things, like heart disease and kidney disease and cancer and that. Not post-nasal drip or something. You know, these, these are big miracles. It ends up that God starts something. One by one, Jews start coming to faith in Christ. And today, a couple of years later, there's over 2,000 Jews believers that are growing, that have house churches, that are learning about the Lord Jesus, loving Him, experiencing persecution, you better believe it. But yet, they're coming to faith in Christ. Jesus is moving among the Druze. 
What about the ISIS, the ISIS recruit from Mosul? Who well, you know, Faisal and Nito are friends, and they grow up in Mosul. And if you know the listeners know about the news, a couple years ago, the Islamic State came in and they took it over. And this is an ancient uh, city where there are many Christians. This actually is on the plains of Nineveh, where the Assyrians established their capital way back in the Old Testament. And of course, they took Israel into captivity in 722 BC. So we're talking about. 2,700 years ago, then the first century AD, the gospel gets there, and many Christian churches, but the Islamic State moves in in 2015, leveling churches, giving the Christians an opportunity to convert to Islam, or die, or pay an exorbitant tax, so they can be protected by the Islamic State, and this is normal in Muslim countries, or to leave. So as we talk to the Mosul Christians, Many of them said if it would die or, or, or convert Islam, there's no question, we, we would die. Well, uh, Mito and Faisal are caught up in the Islamic State, and they join and they sign up. They want to be a part of it. They want to see Sunni Islam reign in Iraq again. They're tired of all the things that have happened through the war. But as they see what the Islamic State is doing, Mito starts to see things that begin to repulse him. Dedicated Sunni Muslims believes that jihad is the way. But one day, he walks around the corner and sees three men on crosses being crucified because they're Christians. And it just stopped him in his tracks, Pat. just leveled him. And he went forward and looked at those men, and he was shocked when he got close. He, he heard them, and they were, they were singing. And they were just probably within an hour of death that they were smiling, and they were singing, and he felt, how can I have done this with my life? How, how can we be doing this to innocent people? He escaped finally. After planning for about a month, he got to Turkey, took a plane there, a Christian man gave him money, he got out of Iraq, he tried to just process all that he's been through, walking on the streets, meet some Iraqi believers, and they, they come spend some time with us, and he doesn't know the believers, he just knows they're from Iraq, and they walk in this room, and, and Mito realizes this is a church. They, they're here worshiping, they're reading the Bible, and he starts to backpedal, but something draws him in. And as he listens, he begins to cry, and he realizes the Christians there are singing the same song that the men on the cross were singing them when they were dying. Tom Doyle has been our guest, author of Standing in the Fire... We've got more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour right after these messages. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Kevin Picorni. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design right here, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Great minds throughout human history have praised simplicity. Leonardo da Vinci and Albert Einstein among them. Most of us would have learned the simplicity lesson in school in some form of the KISS method, or keep it simple. The purpose? Don't overcomplicate things. It only confuses people. This is Ron Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we strive to make purchasing a mattress as simple as possible. We build mattresses and box springs in our own local factory and sell them direct to you at everyday low prices that are clearly marked. No middleman markups, no changing product names to confuse you, and definitely no phony sales or so-called freebies that deceive you into thinking you are getting a deal. Those ads touting a free box spring with the purchase of a mattress or free five-year financing may appeal to the senses, but don't benefit you, the consumer. So if you are shopping for a mattress, remember to keep it simple and save. Check out an original mattress store near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. 
would you like to see clearly when you wake up in the morning? Reduce your dependence on corrective lenses. How would you like to change the way you see the world? Well, you've always wanted to do it, and now is the time to take that step with LASIK. And we are excited to announce that for the first time ever, LASIK is now available at half price. Just go to our website, AmazingRadioDeals.com. Imagine getting LASIK at half price. Enjoy activities such as work, movies, sports, and play. LASIK at half price? Amazing. AmazingRadioDeals.com. Half price LASIK available now. Save thousands. AmazingRadioDeals.com. You're listening to the... You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Tom Doyle, our guest in that first half hour from uh, Dallas, talking about his book, Standing in the Fire. Well, we stay local. Scott George is with us, uh, pastor at Pine Castle United Methodist Church in Orlando, a very successful author as well. And uh, his new book is out. It's called Abundant Living 365. Uh, and Scott is with us. It's uh, nice to catch up with you, Scott. How are you doing? Hi, Pat. Great to talk with you. Thanks for having me on today. What does that title mean, Abundant Living 365? Well, it's, it's really based on, um, you know, the scripture in John 10 where Jesus says, you know, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so, you know, most people are just living life. And the promise that Christ gives us in John 10 is that we don't have to just live life, we can have abundant life. And so, this book is really on that premise, and I go right to the beginning of time, and I start in Genesis chapter 1, and I just kind of walk through some of the characters in, in creation and just talk about um, and illustrate how God wants us to live abundantly, which that word there means beyond. It means overflow. So uh, you either have one or two choices as you're living your life. You can either live or you can live abundantly. You open your book uh, with a title called Abundant Living, and then you say a journey or a trip, question mark. Uh, what's, the sto- yeah. what's the story there? Well, um, everyone dies, but not everyone lives. So you're either walking through life and living your life, it's either a journey or a trip. And a trip is an obligation. A journey has uh, so much joy and expectation. And I try to set up um, this, this book by I was uh, traveling over to Zambia for a conference that I was speaking at. And I just illustrated the times when I've been on trips and the times where I've been on a journey. And I would rather be on a journey. And uh, I believe that's what Christ promised us when he says, you can have abundant life. So I want to live life as a journey, not just a trip. Then, Scott, you move to abundant living, living life with a capital A-L, uh, in quotes. Uh, explain that one. Well, this kind of uh, starts off, uh, Pat, in, in Genesis chapter 1. I think it's very, very interesting that uh, the first words that God spoke to mankind was not let there be light, because man hadn't been created, but the very first word that God spoke to Adam and Eve was, you are blessed. And I think people need to capture the heart of our Heavenly Father, that He wants us to live a blessed life. And I interchange the word blessed and abundant living there. I use them uh, in the same same uh, thought. So uh, I think if we're going to live abundant life, we've got to understand that our Creator wants us uh, to be blessed. I've got I've got four children, and uh, they're a tremendous joy to me. And I remember the first words I spoke over them was, "I love you. You're beautiful. You're going to be great, and I believe in you." Those are those are abundant living words. And I think there's a lot of Christians and a lot of people in general. I just think that God is mad at them, that God is upset with them, that he doesn't believe in them. And so I just think it's interesting that the first words that God the Father spoke over mankind is, you are blessed, you can live abundant living. Ironically, I think you'll find this interesting, the first words that Jesus spoke in his first sermon in Matthew chapter 5, when he was on the Sermon on the Mount, was the word blessed. So Jesus heard his father speak, you are blessed to Adam and Eve, and when Jesus comes on the scene, 
the first words out of his mouth are the same words that God spoke. You are blessed. Uh, talk to us about living free and abundant, naked and not afraid. Yeah, it's a great title, isn't it? <laughs> so we're talking about Adam and Eve, and um, of course, um, they're in the garden, and they've heard that God wants them to live a blessed life. And the Bible says something interesting. It says that both Adam and Eve were naked, and they were not afraid. Uh, that word there means there was no shame. It also means there was no distractions. And uh, I believe that if you're going to live an abundant life, that you've got to live without distractions, without shame. And Adam and Eve uh, were walking with God in the garden every day. They had a wonderful relationship with the Lord, and they were living the abundant life. And I think if you're going to live the blessed life that is promised to us, you've got to live without distractions. And uh, I think uh, living a life of purpose, fighting fear that keeps us uh, inhibited, and living in freedom are some of the steps outlined in that chapter that help us to live naked and uh, not ashamed, not afraid. Scott George, Pastor Scott George, is our guest. Uh, The book is called Abundant Living 365. Now, Scott, voices battling abundant living... Can you hear me now? Question mark. Yeah, Paul uh, Marcellia was the uh, was the famous Verizon uh, commercial that, where he said, "Can you hear me now?" So now we start to talk about uh, in Genesis chapter three, where the enemy comes in and he begins to speak voices of doubt and unbelief to Adam and Eve, and unfortunately. As we all know, that they gave in, and uh, they started to listen to those voices, and ultimately sin came into the world, and, and now things start to spiral out of control. And uh, Adam and Eve, like all of us, we move from living an abundant life to now sin creeps in, and we begin to uh, we begin to hear voices of doubt and discouragement and depression, and suddenly things change. And uh, as you know in the story of Adam and Eve, they they. Uh, they were filled with doubt. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. They're hiding from God. God shows up and asks, where are you? And Adam and Eve said, I was afraid. And so we kind of see how the negative voices that impacted Adam and Eve and how they can impact us and keep us from, uh, from abundant living. I think it's interesting, Pat, that one of the things that Adam does is he starts to blame. When he's confronted by God, he starts to blame. And in this chapter... I have my blame list. And I think a lot of people are living life, and they just are content with just blaming anybody and everybody. So my blame list is, you know, my kindergarten teacher, my dad, my mother, my dog, my president, my spouse. And I just identify that if you're going to live an abundant life, you can't live the blame game and blaming everybody else. Uh, talk to me about the fifth topic, Scott, grace for abundant living. And then uh, it says, I've got your back. Uh, what, what is all that yeah, mean? This is, a, this is a great chapter. It starts out with a quote by Anne Lamont. Listen to this. I love it. I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us the way it found us. So God comes on the scene now that Adam and Eve have sinned, and he does something very interesting. He kills what I believe was a lamb, and the Bible says that he made garments for Adam and Eve, and he clothed them. And he was illustrating a a beautiful message of grace. Uh, Some people call it amazing grace. And I really believe that if we are going to live the abundant life, we have to tap into a, a, a power that is called amazing grace. I'd like to tell you about a guy in the chapter that I highlight. His name was John. He was um, from a divorced family, very rebellious, sent to boarding school. John uh, uh, got kicked out of boarding school and followed his father as a sailor. He found out that he could make a lot of money on, on, the, on the seas, and he became a slave trader. And they called him Blasphemous John because no one liked him. He was always cursing. He had a foul mouth with a terrible life. And uh, through a series of events, uh, John Newton uh, was radically saved, was radically transformed, 
And uh, on his deathbed, he said this. He said, I'm losing my mind, but he says, I know two things. I know, number one, that I'm a great sinner and that Christ is a great Savior. Mm. And that John turned out to write a wonderful hymn of the church that is sung 10 million times every week. It's called Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Mm. I once was lost, but now I'm found. was blind, but now I see. And so I talk about the power of amazing grace that's available to all of us as we strive to live the abundant life. Abundant living lost, living under a cloud and a curse. What's that? Yeah, uh, the story of Cain and Abel. And um, Cain, as you know, was was a... uh, was a farmer, Abel was a shepherd. Through a series of events, we see things, and we see the abundant life kind of slip away from us, where Cain kills his brother Abel, and he lives what I call under a cloud. And, and Pat, I find a lot of people in this life, they're living under a cloud. The Bible called it a curse. And I think if we are going to live the abundant life, we've got to identify uh, what it's like to live under a curse. And that word, their curse, is an interesting word. Uh, that word, their curse, means living with a closed net. Mm. Now, I like, uh, I like fishing. I go fishing up in Montana every year for, for, for trout, brown. And uh, one of the most important tools that I have when I go fishing is an open net. I mean, you do all this work and you do all this effort and spend all this money, and the last thing you want to do is get the fish up close to you, and then you can't scoop it up in an open net. But there's a lot of people that are living under a cloud. They're living under a curse, and they're living life with a closed net. And that certainly took place in the life of Cain. And it just kind of this chapter just talks about some of the things that we need to avoid so that we don't live life with a closed net, but we can live life with an open net, which is the abundant life that's promised to us all. Scott, explain this one. The prayer of abundant living. Help. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, well, Cain's life is spiraling out of control. And then uh, the next chapter in Genesis chapter 4, it says uh, a wonderful 13 words. It says, and at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. And I talk about the power of prayer. And I'm... uh, I talk about what I call Twitter prayers, because I think, uh, Pat, sometimes we pray too long. And I think God wants us to shorten our prayers, and he wants us to pray like Twitter. Twitter has 140 characters, and I think sometimes that we just, we just pray too long. And God's Word is very clear about lengthy prayers. The religious and the Pharisees do lengthy prayers. And I just challenge people in, uh, in this chapter to, to believe in the power of prayer and to pray quick and to pray often and, 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 and to pray like Jesus prayed. When, when Jesus was confronted with uh, Lazarus and the death of Lazarus, Jesus didn't pray a two-hour prayer. He said three words, Lazarus, come forth. So I just challenge people in this chapter that if you're going to live the abundant life, that you have to undergird your life in prayer but it can be quick, it can be short, it can be to the point, and whether you're facing money problems or marriage issues or trouble at work or fearful about the future, just pray like Jesus. Pray Twitter prayers, and all you got to do is ask for help, thank Him for what He's going to do, and then sit back and just say, wow, when you see your prayers being answered. Now, a new day for abundant living, somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, it goes into Genesis chapter 6 uh, in the story of Abundant Living 365, and we focus on a wonderful man that starts to turn things around, and his name was Noah. I want you to notice that people started to pray, and then all of a sudden a guy by the name of Noah comes on the scene. And uh, let me read this real quick, Pat. It says in Genesis 6, uh, it says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had one sentence that described him, and he was a great man who was a man of character, a man of integrity, and he turned things around. And I talked about how uh, if we're going to live the abundant life, that, that, that we have to really uh, summarize our life in one sentence. Let me tell you a great story here by a woman by the name of Claire Boot Luce. 
She was the first U.S. Congresswoman elected in the 60s when John F. Kennedy was president. At that time, Kennedy's presidency was floundering. It didn't have direction. It didn't have focus. And she came into his office and said, said this to him. She said, President Kennedy, every great man is a sentence. Our guest, Scott George. He's the author of Abundant Living. We've got another segment with Scott George talking about his book, Stay with us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, right here in Orlando, Florida. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. So what would you do with an extra $500 a month in your budget? 500 bucks. This isn't hypothetical, by the way. This is something you may need to think about very soon if you decide to become a member of MediShare. MediShare is a way to pay for your health care, and typically it costs $500 less per month for a family versus other health care plans. So seriously, think about this. You could pay off loans, pay down a mortgage, save the money for retirement, donate to charity. That would be a big deal. But you know what? Here's the best thing. MediShare works. It has 250,000 members, and it's growing fast. With MediShare, not only do you save, you don't have to pay for things you don't believe in either, and that is a beautiful thing, too. So here's how you can find out more, and you might actually wind up saving even more than $500 a month. So check into it. Here's the number. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Now available in Montana. Call 844-41-BIBLE. Network sound and video can make memories last forever. Many of our customers have told us we did such a great job restoring their audio projects, they wish they had dropped off their record albums, reel-to-reels, cassettes, and even 8-track cartridges a lot sooner. Chances are you can't even play your old records and tapes anymore, so we have the perfect solution. Bring in your collection to Network Sound and Video. Remember, many of those older formats are beginning to deteriorate, so handle them carefully and bring them in as soon as you can. We'll do a free inspection and evaluation. We'll clean and repair your old vinyl and tapes and restore them to a CD that you can enjoy forever. What a great gift idea, too. Call 407-834-8555 or visit the web at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. We're at 2520 North Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood. Network Sound and Video, where memories last forever. 407-834-8555. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Scott George is the pastor at Pine Castle United Methodist Church in Orlando. We're talking about his book, Abundant Living 365, Scott, I want you to finish that story you were telling us just before the break, please. Yeah, Claire Booth Luce uh, challenged President John F. Kennedy, and she said, uh, President Kennedy, every great man is a sentence. And I love that. Noah had his sentence. His sentence was that he was a righteous man, and he walked with God. And so I I challenge people uh, that your life is going to be summarized by one sentence. So President Kennedy's sentence was he got America to, uh, to the moon. Nelson Mandela had a sentence. He broke the pain of apartheid in South Africa. Billy Graham had a sentence. He preached the good news to the world. Mother Teresa had her sentence. She gave compassion to unlovable people in India. President Abraham Lincoln, he ended slavery. Bono was a voice to end hunger in, in Africa. And Bill Gates gave millions to bring health care to the poor. And so in this, chal- in this chapter, I talk about how all of us, if we're going to live the abundant life, we need to summarize our life into one sentence and be like Noah and uh, obey God and bring about change and transformation. All right. Abundant living for today. Life after the rainbow. Scott, tell us about it. Well, this kind of kind of gets crazy, Pat, because you know the story of Noah. He obeyed, and uh, God blessed him. And he was able to bring his family into the ark. God gave a rainbow as a promise to us. And then it says something very interesting. A lot of people try to avoid this. But it says right after the rainbow that Noah, in Genesis chapter 9, he built a vineyard and he got drunk. 
Now, a lot of people don't talk about this because it's kind of uncomfortable, but I, I really believe that there's some principles that we can learn from this story. And the Bible says that Noah was lying, lying in his, his tent, he was naked, and he had three sons. The first son went in, and he told the world what he saw, but his two sons, the Bible says he walked in backwards, and they covered Noah's nakedness. And in this chapter, I talk about when you and I fail, when we make mistakes, when we get drunk and we're laying naked in our tent, how do we respond and how do we rebound? I love what John Maxwell says. He says, you fail forward. And so learning from our mistakes and have an understanding that God is a God of grace and God is a God of mercy, and when you live the abundant life, he gives you the power and the ability to rebound from mistakes and move forward. And Noah is a great example for us that even though he failed and he made a terrible mistake, he was able to rebound and he was able to fail forward. How about this one, Scott? Abundant living every day for everyone. Well, there's a story now in Genesis 12 of Abraham and how God challenged Abraham to uh, move forward. And, and uh, he promises Abraham, Abraham, I, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you abundant life, and you're going to be a blessing. So it's the story of Abraham and how Abraham followed God and obeyed God and how he was able to be a tremendous blessing, uh, not only for his family but for the world. And, uh, Pat, I think it's interesting. When, when uh, God asked Abraham uh, to obey and to go to a new land and a new country, he was 600 years old. So just when he was ready to uh, retire... Just when he was ready to get his AARP discount at Denny's, uh, hmm. he challenged Abraham to be a man of faith. And in this chapter, I talk about that we are blessed to be a blessing. And when we obey and do the impossible, God is able to bless us. And because of that, we can be a blessing to other people. And that is abundant living at its very best. Talk about hope for abundant living. I hope I can live the abundant life as we get towards the end of your book. What's that uh, 11th chapter mean? Well, this is the story in the prayer of, uh, of Jabez, mm. which uh, it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So I talk about the power of... Uh, of praying and asking God to help us to be a blessing. And I, I just have a great, great stories in there about how Jabez was blessed and how we can use the principles to live a blessed and abundant life. And then you close with the seasons of abundant living. Uh, explain that. Psalm 23, this is the story of David, and I talk about in Psalm 23 that, that, that it has four seasons of life, these uh, still waters, the green pastures, the valley of the shadow of death, and then the table in the presence of our enemies. And I relate those to the seasons of life, and that if we follow the Good Shepherd, that uh, goodness and mercy and abundant living will follow us all the days of our life. So it takes Psalm 23, and it shows us the promise that we can have for abundant living if we follow the Good Shepherd. Scott, what do you want us to take from this book and from our chat here on the air? That we serve a God who wants us to be blessed, and He wants us to live the abundant life. It's promised for us, and if we will just simply hear Him declare, like He did over Adam and Eve, you're blessed, I believe in you, you can make it. When you have that, and you hear those words, it helps you to live life to the fullest, and you can make a difference in your world. Scott, tell me about your church. Well, I'm at Pine Castle United Methodist Church in South Orlando. Things are really going well. I've been here eight years. It's a 110-year-old church. God has really, really blessed us. I'm also working with Calvary Orlando on a new nonprofit called Orlando Hope, and we are going to set up a nonprofit shopping center ministry where charities from all over Central Florida will come together and help the working poor. So I'm very passionate about making a difference in our community. And I'm honored to be the pastor here at Pine Castle and also working with Orlando Hope. Tell me where that interest in uh, feeding people and taking care of their needs, <clears throat> where did that start in your life, Scott? It started about uh, 15, 20 years ago. And I just became increasingly frustrated with just preaching and talking about God loving people. 
and I really wanted to illustrate it, and I wanted the world to see that the church, the gospel, is about preaching, but it's also about helping. And so for the past 15 years, I've been honored to, to help out here in Central Florida and see literally hundreds of thousands of families I receive food and medical care and compassion, and, and I want to just make a difference. Uh, and I think this book, Abundant Living 365, is just an expression of how God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to other people. Where do your book ideas come from? Well, this one actually was a sermon series that I preached uh, at Pine Castle. It's 12 sermons that I preached um, in January. And so I adapted them and put them in the book. But uh, to be honest with you, Pat, I read a lot of your books. So a lot of my ideas come from you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, you, you, you can steal everything you want, my friend. You can steal. <laughs> that's great. What's next? Do you have another book project uh, that's in your pipeline? I do. It's called uh, uh, The Abundant Living Manifesto. Really? I'm going to take the prayer of Jabez. And I'm going to unpack that. I'm also going to unpack Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm going to unpack both of those prayers, and it's going to be uh, come out probably next year, the Abundant Living Manifesto. How do you explain the phenomenon of Jabez and Bruce Wilkerson? Uh, how do you explain that? Well, I think people are, are hungry for hope, and they love the story of Jabez, I mean, he's just an unknown character. He's only mentioned once in the Bible, but that prayer is simple, and it's understandable, and it's filled with power and faith and hope, and I think people are drawn to that uh, because it's, it, it, it fills hopeless people with hope. So I'm going to unpack that prayer in a new way. I know Bruce did a phenomenal job. That's been 15 years now, and so I'm going to unpack that prayer and kind of bring it to light and kind of re-energize that prayer a little bit, and then add the prayer that Jesus gave in the Sermon on the Mount, which starts out with the word blessed. So it, it fits in fits in beautifully. I like, <clears throat> I like that word you use, unpack. Uh, what does that mean? Well, um, religious people take something that's simple and they make it complicated. Jesus had the ability to take something that was complicated and make it simple. So when I use the word unpack, I just take a complicated concept, and you just try to unpack it and try to deliver it in a way that's going to be easy for the common person to understand and, most importantly, apply. Scott George has been our guest. We've got to wrap up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. More than a 1,000 chapters and 30,000 verses, but you can do it. Read the entire Bible with Bible in a Year, totally interactive, totally free at BibleStudyTools.com. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Kevin Picorni. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design right here, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Tom Doyle, our guest in the first half hour, talking about standing in the fire. And then Scott George, a local pastor, uh, explained uh, the details of his book, Abundant Living 365. Please check out my website. It's patwilliams.com, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And uh, my most recent book is called The Success Intersection. It's about when your greatest talent intersects with your strongest passion. Well, that's the sweet spot in your life. And that's where you want to live. That's where you want to get paid. That's where you want to spend your time right there in that sweet spot. Alan Dempsey knows how to do that. 
Uh, we're back next week for more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour here on 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at the same time where faith comes by hearing. 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Tune in at 3 p.m. to hear me, Carmen, on my new show, The Reconnect. Let's bring God back into the conversation. Carmen LaBurge, The Reconnect. Weekday afternoons at 3, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. From the Filatowski LASIK Institute Studios, this is 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. WTLN, Orlando, where faith comes by hearing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.